Have you ever bought so many games that you had to ask a friend to help haul some back for you? Me either, but what an amazing goal to aspire to for sure. Nick Seal, one of the many people who bring Kansas City's gaming convention CantCon to life, well, he has had this problem. And in today's episode, he tells this story as well as another time, yes, not the same time, but a different time, that he filled an entire Prius with games. Nick has set this bar amazingly high for us gamers, and I hope to one day have the same story filling my small Camry. Nick and I have a great conversation this episode. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to Lunch Board Game. I'm your host, Adam Collins, and with me today is the director of games for CantCon, a gaming convention in Kansas City at the end of July this year, Nick Seal. Nick, how you doing? Pretty good, pretty good. How about you? Well, you know, now that I think we're kind of hitting summer in the Missouri area, I think, mm-hmm. you know, finally get a kick on the air conditioner and leave it on, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for sure. It's heating up a little bit here. I think it hit 80 some degrees over here. So, it's it's those overnights when it gets down to like 40. Yeah. <laughs> it's yep. like it's 85 during the day and 47 at night. It's like, what yep. the heck is going on? Welcome to the Midwest. Absolutely the we- been here weather. my whole life. Yeah, I grew up in the Kansas area and it could be snow on the ground in the morning and 70 or 80 by the afternoon. So <laughs> what a- I read somewhere, welcome to the Midwest, where you can experience all four seasons all four seasons in the same day. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so, Nick, what all do you do for the gaming community? Uh, well, I, first and foremost, love to spread the joy of gaming. So, one of my passions is not just playing games, but running games. Um, so, I've been involved in and running games for years and years now. And um, part of that is I have been involved in running CantCon, as you mentioned uh, been involved since it started about over 13 years ago. Um, and part of what I do there is I help with the play to win program, making sure that is running um, without hitch. I help make sure the library uh, program there is also running well. Um, the swag is is flowing freely, then going out with the raffles, uh, some of the special event coordination, the program book, volunteer staff management, etc. So just a lot of different involvement with that since I'm on the board of directors. Um, I also, on my free time, like to host game nights or join local board game store game nights and try to um, show off whatever games I can to help, you know, spread the joy. In fact, I've, I'm have i known for giving up my seat at the table to play a game specifically so someone else can have a seat and I'll just run the game. Um, so I demo games through a program called Envoy. Um, and along with that, I also help partner with other game conventions such as Midwest Game Fest, uh, which usually in, is in November, but in this case will be in December of this year. Um, and along with a charity event called Meeple-a-thon, uh, that has historically been just usually one-day events. This year it'll be a three-day event in the end of September, early October. Uh, wow, so, so they're really stepping it up this year, huh? Yeah, they are going to three-day convention. Uh, it won't be 24-7 as far as... Uh, not overnight like it was last year, but it'll be a, a full three days. And on top of that, I usually run games at Geekway of the West um, and also usually attend Planet Comic Con running games uh, for people there at Planet Comic Con. 
because we have a full game area that's like a small convention just for gaming at this giant comic convention. So, yeah. So Geekway, I have no idea how we did not run into each other and know it. <laughs> right? Yeah, I, I think we just crossed paths and probably uh, I stood in line behind you at some point. Or I, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. So. I'm sure we did because like I was there. I had a booth. I was there. Three of the four days, uh, four days is a lot. That's a, it's a long time to be standing in a booth, but, uh, yeah, it's too bad. We didn't know about each other at the time. Uh, our mutual friend, Brad, who runs Midwest game fest is the one that uh, said, Hey, yeah, I talked to Nick. He's really into this. <laughs> He's a really, uh, big into games is like you. So yeah, I'm a part of the Herald program as well with Envoy. Uh, I love it. I'm, I'm glad to see they're starting to kind of they're starting to come back this you know just the last oh man four to six weeks is when they really started like in my opinion starting to see those emails again you know hey oh yeah <laughs> fast and furious with all the different opportunities there for yeah. sure yeah yeah there's there's a lots there and if you're interested in joining the convention circuit and helping out with that they have so many opportunities there which is one thing i love to do uh, yeah. to you know try out new games and see the convention and and you know, share some games with people. I loved running games for Red Raven games, for example, at Geekway the West. It was great fun running Sleeping Gods now or never. So Yeah. Sleeping Gods is on my list to play. I have not got around to it yet. Seems a little uh it's a little daunting as it looks like. It looks like a pretty big, heavier game than I normally play. It's Sleeping Gods is not, I would say, actually that heavy of a game or complicated. There's a lot of story and a lot of um involvement uh and over the course of or investment i guess you could say over the course of time um to get through the whole campaign but it's not really a difficult game to pick up it just has a few basic straightforward mechanics each time you take a turn um but really it's it's about the story it's about exploring the world going from point a to point b learning what you can figuring out oh well I need to come back here once I have this other thing and then I can explore further over here. So it's really just about exploring the world and trying to survive and do the best you can with the resources you have available. So uh, it's honestly now or never is a far heavier game. Sleeping gods is actually, I would say maybe medium at the highest. It's really um, not overly complicated in my opinion. Well, according to uh, board game geek, that is a 3.18 Wait, <laughs> Sleeping Gods is 3.18. Let's see what Now or Never is real quick. 3.65. So it's right there on the. Oh, that's uh, Ryan. Huh. That's the same guy that did uh, Above and Below and mm-hmm. all those. Yeah. Now or Never is the third in the Arzim series that started with Above and Below, continued with the Near and Far, and now it's Now or Never is the third in, this, in the trilogy. But it's, it's definitely a much more of a brain burner as it has a lot more options. <laughs> I don't care what the BGG rating is. Honestly, that weight <laughs> is not appropriate for Sleeping Gods. I don't think, based on what uh, I have experienced of it anyway, the puzzles or whatever is driving that weight is is not there yet. So <laughs> Maybe you're playing it wrong. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I am. But maybe there's more to it that I just haven't gotten into yet because I'm only like mm. one mission in so far because I've just repeated the same you know introductory section. Sure. And then some, so my group hasn't fully delved into it yet. It's like but, the crew. I'm not sure how many missions I've, I keep playing right. like just a certain amount of, you know, missions. And I, I know I haven't played the whole book yet. 
but yeah but it's, it's such an easy game to teach and play so right it's fantastic and i actually got through all 50 missions with um two other people on board game arena over the past year <laughs> we just recently finished the 50th mission for that original and we were working uh, about a third of the way through on the the newer um the newer copy i played the the newer ocean one Mm-hmm. ocean deep ocean or something like that yeah uh, i just played that at geekway as one of the playing wins out there so yep it's the first time i got a chance to play it same idea same mechanic just different cards yeah and they they definitely ramped up the difficulty a little bit with some of the different tasks Ooh. and it also introduced the uh two-player ai variant uh, which i think is now in the newer copies of the original game huh. um, but it allows you if you just have two players to have a a dummy third player that one of the characters is one of the players is controlling as an AI effectively. So huh, it's not perfect, but it's definitely better than not being able to play it at all. So I definitely <laughs> uh, enjoyed my, yeah, my trial with, of it. Nice. So how did you get into gaming to begin with way, way back when? Oh, wow. Well, uh, I started off the classic games. I think just about every kid grew up with um, moving into some, into some party games in my college years and had my eyes Opened as it were. I saw the light when I joined a couple of friends that were on their way to Origins Game Fair. Um, ah. At that point, they were going for RPGs primarily, um, but I jumped headfirst into gaming and never looked back at that point. I think I um, bought like 20 something odd games at that convention, and luckily the other guys didn't buy anything. So I filled the trunk of the little Prius we were taking over there. <laughs> uh, literally um and from that point forward it's just i've been growing an assortment of games over the years and just dabbling here a little there and my taste have spread from from there and i enjoy just about everything honestly Ugh, filled the trunk of the prius yep oh it's a good thing rpgs are just books and don't take up a lot of space huh right right oh my goodness yeah i That's... can't say the same for board games not oh, at all no no i yeah i love the new i like the fact that the the carrying bags have become so readily available. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so I bought another one at geek Cause why not? Yep. And, but it's still, you know, that bag is still big and you can only oh, yeah. carry like four or five games. It's like, but what four or five games do I take? If I take this one, I can't take that one. Well, if I take this one, I don't, do I take two hidden movement games? Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas RPGs, you can just throw everything you got into, you know, into a yeah. bag. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I struggle with that. that. That struggle was real for me on that. I used to, I literally have a foldable cart that I used to use to lug games around in bins, et cetera, to different events. Um, nowadays, I do try to limit myself to <laughs> game bags. I actually have three um, and I can, I've got one that's a, one that's a, a shoulder strap and two that are just a backpack style, but I can carry all three bags if I'm desperate. If I'm desperate, yeah, you wear I, one on the front, right? one on the back. Yeah, exactly. I, I can, it, I can two, one it. on each, one in each hand, you know, and then one off on the back there. So yeah, so long as it balances, that's the most important thing. Oh yeah, so. tell me about it. I've stepped out of my friend's house. I was just complaining about it. The start of a game night, how his front porch light was so dim, and I stepped out. You know, three hours later, and uh, pitch black, and I stepped off his stoop and missed his sidewalk oh, no. by hitting the edge of it and the yep. second my shoulder shifted i had my backpack on of games and all that weight you know shifted yep. as well <laughs> and it just threw me completely off balance i completely oh. jacked my ankle up i probably i couldn't walk the next day uh i probably should have gone to have an x-ray and looked at 
but uh, by day three, I was like, it's fine. <laughs> well, I'm glad you worked out okay. But the games are still safe, right? That's Absolutely. the important thing, right? Yeah. So that's... yeah. <laughs> no, God, no, I'm, I'm glad yeah. you're, you're... Godfather you... was okay. It was, that was my, my big fear was Corleone's Empire got yeah. hurt and it, it didn't. So it was all I'm... good. I'm glad you recovered quickly from that. That could be that could have been disastrous. <laughs> so sure. I'm going to come out to CanCon uh, at the end of July, um, but I know I won't be coming by your house because that'd be kind of awkward and weird. But if I did, <laughs> what is the uh, game currently on your table? What game are you currently obsessed with or playing? Well, uh, since it just hit the table here on Geekway, I would say I'm currently working on Sleeping Gods, um, also Now or Never, as that has multiple chapters, and I'm learning and will be getting to the table here soon, uh, Chip Theory Games' most recent one release, which is Burn Cycle. Um, but those three games are probably taking up most of my time right now, but I, I honestly, I love to try new things, so I'm always up for whatever my uh, players have to bring to the table, but those are the the top three at the moment i'll bring something crazy we'll play it all right i'll, I'll, I'll find something that's like off the wall i'll be like mm, yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know you have to bring much though i have quite the collection i have amassed over the years How, how's your shelf of shame doing uh it's it's terrible it's not just a shelf i wish it was just a shelf <laughs> it's it's more like the wall of shame or mountain of shame as i oh. actually worked two jobs for almost a decade and was amassing a collection of games. Now, I'm not a collector at heart, uh, so I really just have a serious backlog to get through is my challenge. So, um, And with being part of Envoy, it hasn't helped anything. I, no. I've, I've gained a lot more games through there and of course I still buy games used or new um, to add to the collection. So, yeah. And Geekway's <laughs> flea market and other events have not helped at all. I, 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 I found I found mystery of the, mystery of the Abbey yeah. at the flea market, and I was so happy. I've been trying to find oh that game for so long for a decent price, right? And it was sitting right there at yeah. the flea market. I picked up quite a few games. I didn't intend to go last year, but I went and just saw several games that were out of print at a very reasonable prices. I was shocked. I think I picked up a copy of PI, and I picked up a copy of Quantum, and some other was that were out of print at the time. Um, and yeah, they were steals of a deal. Um, oh, I, yeah. I, can I tell you a story Absolutely. about, uh, so I do get carried away with, with board game purchases and this is a shameful story. And I fully admit this. I I'm, I'm embarrassed by this. One of the things about the virtual flea market, it's, it's dangerous because you're arranging to buy games in advance and you don't necessarily think about the volume so, I mean, obviously we have vehicles we have to get, you know, to and from unless you're flying or whatever the case, which is where you have even less storage. Uh, I don't have a giant cargo van, but I just went crazy one year. I picked up so many games. I could not fit them all into the vehicle I was oh using to travel. I had to rely on the help of a friend who actually had, he actually camps outside of the, the Geekway area, whatever. He camps I... and drives to it each day. Uh, so he had his camper and his like his, I think it was a truck or van or whatever he was hauling. So I had to put not just one but multiple bins worth of games in his storage area compartments to be able to haul off at home. I think it was four actually. So that's my my story of shame is where I bought so many games I had to rely on a friend's help to get him home. <laughs> it was that's it was crazy. bad. I have since 
restricted myself quite a bit more and still live <laughs> with quite a few deals, but um, I, I vowed never to get myself in that predicament again because I was I was so embarrassed. It was so <laughs> just sad to ask a friend that favor. Well, but sometimes you know it's just <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to be an enabler, but sometimes you just see a a, a deal that's too good to pass. Yeah, up. yeah, absolutely. And, and that was exactly it. I saw, I think it was my first time getting into the virtual flea market. And I apologize for interrupting you, but um, I saw so many good deals and I just got carried away and I didn't stop to think when I was in the, the height of it, I didn't stop to think <laughs> of the volume. It's also one of those things where unless you look carefully at the box, some are deceiving and you don't realize how big the box will be. So you think, oh, it's maybe it's a smaller box game. No, no, no. This is the biggest box game I could possibly find. And that happens more than I realize. Like so many games, some of my, I have a very good understanding of what the box size is. Most of them I do. But some I just like, yeah, this sounds fun. I'll, you know, try it. And that box was huge. I'm like, oh, I did not expect that. Um, <laughs> Whoops. So, right? Exactly. <laughs> no, so I was talking to somebody couple interviews ago and he has a box of shame mm. and he doesn't buy anything unless there's room to put it in the box and i'm like yeah. just sounds like you need a, a bigger box you know right <laughs> but it, it, it did make me think about what if i compiled all of my games that i haven't played into a, a literal shelf of shame i could i have a couple of different shelves where if i i feel like if i just got all the ones that need to be played i could put them on one shelf now whether i need the tall shelf or the short shelf that remains to be seen, but probably the tall shelf. Yeah. Like building, uh, the, like building the, 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 a literal shelf of shame just mm -hmm. to see how, how horrible I am. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, I don't want to think about it. I'm actually considering, I just moved to a new house and we finally have enough space to display all my games and the calyxes that we bought. I don't want to talk about how much I spent on that, <clears throat> but, uh, the five by I, five, I, of course. <laughs> Yes, uh, I ended up with six five by fives and two Billy bookcases um, to hold my games. And I'd love to say they'd all fit on those. But anyway, uh, so uh, it's too much. And that's my goal is to whittle it down quite a bit. I want to trade away or, or sell or get rid of them. Um, the ones that I have played and don't care for. But I, I want to try them all first before I can get rid of them, if I possibly can, which is my hang-up. It's, it's the thing I need to get past. But um, in the meantime, I, I'm think, thinking about how I need to organize my shelves because I just was transferring them from the old house to the new house and just putting them on the shelves as quickly as possible <laughs> and without much organization of it all to think of other than size and what how they'll fit. But I'm thinking maybe I need to reorganize them by saying, okay, over here are the shell of the games I've played. And over here are the games I haven't played. And that way I can know, you know, that's that's what they are. And just try to get through them that way. Try to get all of them from the haven't played to the played side. Exactly. <laughs> or, you know, that, that line, basically the vertical line is, you know, slowly graduating <laughs> slowly, further to the left. Yeah, exactly. It so, slowly works yeah. the way exactly. across the room. Yep. And eventually <laughs> there'll the be holes. Hmm, I don't yeah. know. Right. Yeah. So I think that my son, and I, you know, we just organized all the games and everything. And then, then I, I was like, man, it would be kind of fun to build, like, you know, like stack them into a virtual, mm -hmm. not virtual, but a, a literal shelf of shame. But yeah, I've got that stack in front of my shelf right now of games. That I just, I, I need to get rid of games that, yeah. like you said, I played, I didn't really care for them or games that like, 
I, I got a new game that does the same thing better. Yeah. And I'm not going to go back and play that one anymore. It's like I have Scotland Yard and I also have Spectre Ops. It's like, do I need both of the hidden movement games? You know, but I mean, yeah. Yes. It's a good question. It's 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 a hard answer for some of those though, because it's like, well, I enjoy the theme of both and they do it differently enough that maybe I do want to keep them both. But Yeah. 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 It's and, it's it's but... tough for me. I, I'm so keen on so many different themes and, and on some different mechanics that it's hard for me to get rid of something or to dislike something. That's the, that's part of the problem, is that I like too much. I enjoy too much and I have a hard time party with them sometimes because of that same reason also <laughs> it makes the whittling down process that much more challenging yeah it, and also the they all end up connected to some kind of memory and yeah. when you you know your game group's gonna grow and shrink and turn over and then you're like but i want to play this game with some new people and then you play with new people you're like yeah I, I, this is why i love this game mm-hmm. and then you play it a couple more times and it's goes back to gathering dust until you beat two or three new people <laughs> to play with exactly. again. <laughs> exactly. And I am forever running the same game over and over again to tra- teach it to new players because, oh, you haven't played this game? Oh, you must play that game. I must teach <laughs> this to you just because that's part of what, that's part of my passion. I love teaching games, so. Oh, yeah. It's it's like, I, you know, like my whole podcast, you know, trying to build the bridges of communication over board gaming and, you know, I... At my office now, you know, we play games where we start off, you know, with a level set and then getting more and more complex games that can be played within an hour. Yep. And they're like, oh, you know, oh, you haven't played King of Tokyo. Oh, my gosh. You have got to play King of Tokyo. Do you have kids? You have kids Then you're going to love this game. And, you know, teach I teach everybody King of Tokyo because yep. why not? It's such a great entry level game and can be played so fast and there's so many different add-ons and stuff that yeah like oh and for kids i mean that game got my son into gaming when he was three and (laughs) so he's 10 now but you know we've been playing games for a long time together but king of tokyo was his first real game and you know that to me it's like that game should be just if you have kids that's the game right there boom go Hmm. with it yeah, we started pretty young. We actually started with some of the, the Haba collection or Peaceable Kingdom games. Uh, my kids are still working on learning <coughs> the uh, the merits of being a good sport. So some of the <laughs> games don't go over as well for uh, unless they're cooperative. So it's still yeah. a challenge for some of them. How young is your youngest? Uh, she just turned 11. And that, you know, that's not very young for <laughs> that sort of uh, thing to learn. But they're still both working on. I mean, at times they're great. But other times, not so great. Uh, so it makes it challenging. Times like, all right, what's going to be this time? Is it going to go over well, or is it not going to go over well? We're going to have some hurt feelings, or you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you you never know until it's too late. You know, yeah. well, probably shouldn't have played that game today. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to know sometimes, for sure. Actually, uh, and you asked earlier about my games on my table. One other one I, have to, I would have to add is Return to Dark Tower. I played that and fell in love with that head over heels immediately and had to spend too much, which I don't love doing, but I had to spend too much to buy it immediately because I just loved it so much. It's so thematic. I, yeah. Um, I, I have a vague recollection of playing the original one uh, back in the late 80s. 
Yeah. And so like this one, I was like, oh yeah. And then the price tag just kind of kept me away from that. Yeah. You could get the base game. And honestly, I think you'd be happy with it unless you have to have miniatures or have to have the expansion, which I don't think even most people even know is out there or necessarily uses other than the character expansion components. Um, so I, I just went in for it. Unfortunately, I, again, I spent too much money on it on a whim, <laughs> but I was like, you know what? I, I haven't done this in forever. Uh, and I try not to. So I just j- jumped on it cause I knew I'd love it and I would want to play it for forever. And I did not grow up with it. So I didn't have any nostalgia over the original copy, but from what I've heard is so vastly different. I mean, it is an homage and improves so much upon the original in so many ways is from what I've heard based on what I've researched on it. Um, yeah, I I didn't have it growing up. Uh, one of my friends had it in grade school, and I think we played it once or twice at a sleepover or something, you know, and that's about it. So I don't like I don't have that nostalgia draw to it. So so but uh, you backed on Kickstarter then? I did not. I picked it up after the fact, oh. which is, you know, I paid even more for it than I should have. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was I actually played copies of people who had backed on Kickstarter. So I saw uh, all those shinies that I, of course, had to have once I figured oh, well, out yeah. what it was. <laughs> That's Restoration Games, right? They did that. Yes, it is. And of course, I just yeah. played one of their, you know, lower cost games, which is Key to the Kingdom. I was pleasantly surprised that it's a very approachable uh, family game that surprised me with how much more enjoyable it was uh, for adults as it is for children. It has just enough complexity and, you know, fun little elements to it. So, yeah, that, that company is going places. Yeah, my favorite uh, game by them is uh, Downforce. I just... Yeah, it's great. Love it. It's such a such a great mechanic, and they did such a great job with the different tracks and all mm-hmm. the, the crazy driver abilities and all that and then i like to take my mario kart gamer monopoly <laughs> and, and use the mario karts and then if you go to board game geek you can find rules to uh play mario kart on downforce <laughs> that's awesome yeah i hadn't oh, heard about that i have oh, to check that out it's, yeah it's amazing and i always say i paid more for bowser than i think i did for any other piece of that game <laughs> but i had to have bowser because i needed the the car that that color i think he's yellow yeah maybe and i needed the yellow car for the downforce and i'm like i think i spent more money buying bowser than anything else in that game so <laughs> now and i'm telling you it's it's a riot and since it's obviously not official uh we played it at work a few times and we tweaked the rules a little bit to make it a little bit more competitive a little bit more take that even and so it was uh yeah <laughs> I, I love restoration games <laughs> yeah it's a great company so far that i've seen a lot of their stuff is is fantastic so i enjoy downforce i haven't tried the the uh mario kart version so i have to check that out and see if it could be adapted for rainbow road for examples of course Oof. that's even the thing Have, heaven forbid right oh you'd be falling, falling off yeah, right you'd be falling <laughs> off the, the sides all the time oh man so back to kickstarter do you uh tip do a back kickstarter are you a creator on kickstarter i am not a creator um i have backed many a kickstarter in uh long ago and i was burned a lot of projects did not fulfill in the early days and unfortunately i i got burned too many times and so i will back a kickstarter nowadays only if I know the company will fulfill. And that's companies that have been proven 
um, or specific projects that I know. For example, um, anything that Gamelin Games puts out that's a tiny epic game, I will back it without <laughs> hardly even <laughs> blinking at it because I've had so many successes. There are some some ones that I didn't love, but overall, I think their products are uh, well done and, and well developed. Um, they, they had a few. They had a few misses mm-hmm. in a row, and I stopped backing them, and then. I played a couple of them again, a geek way that I hadn't played before. Yeah. I was like, Oh dang, they're back. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. They, they've had some misses. I, I will say, I think Western was not one of my favorite zombies, but I think was a miss defenders was one that I still haven't actually checked out yet, but uh, uh, there are a lot that I've really thoroughly enjoyed starting with the galaxies. And my honestly, one of my current favorites between is between dinosaurs or dinos and, um, the mechs. The mechs was the one that surprised me. I like action programming, but I've never really loved combat games in general. But Tiny Epic Mechs was was definitely a win for me. See, that was the one that I, I didn't care for. Hmm. I didn't care for mechs. I Tiny Epic Quest. The, oh my goodness, Tiny Epic Quest is like my favorite one. Really? Okay. Yeah, I don't know what it is about it. It's like the worker placement, but then trying to also move and you yeah. have the you have to choose the movement and then mm-hmm. you know there's something about. The whole way that comes together, along with the uh, the paths, you're trying to get the torches and the tomes or whatever to move yep. down that path, and you're trying to equip your people. I I like that one a lot. Dinos, though, oh my goodness, that one was great. Right? Yeah. And, and I'll I just, just say, the pirates, and I haven't played pirates yet. It's it's pretty solid if you like pick up and deliver. It has yeah. a great rondel system, honestly, and I think it's it's really solid. I've only played it once so far, but. Um, I really enjoyed it, and I'm still waiting to get my copy of Dungeons to the table. Um, that's my next <laughs> one also to try to get to the table here soon. I'm pretty sure half of uh, Game 1 Games is on my shelf of shame. Because <laughs> <laughs> I haven't played Pirates, and I haven't played Dungeons. Yep. Um, and I, I tried to play Tactics a couple different times, but I feel like that one is just so messy. Yep. Yep, <laughs> it is. <laughs> anyway so what was the first kickstarter that you backed do you remember uh it was actually a not a game it was to pre-register for a local game convention you might have heard of it it's called CantCon. Um, <laughs> so it was actually when i was not directly involved with running it and the uh... like i think the second year they actually went and used kickstarter as a platform to raise money for uh attending uh, so that was the first kickstarter project i actually ever backed the first game i ever backed uh, was an old title from uh, the TMG company. Rest in peace. Uh, yes. It's called For the Win. It's a little tile placement game, but it had zombies, pirates, ninjas, aliens, and monkeys. So how can you go wrong with the, that combination? I uh, I'm, I can't see how you possibly could right? go wrong with that. That Except is a combination. Ugh, right? Sweet. Except it wasn't a great game, sadly. But <laughs> you know, I, I backed it because, again, early days, and I was younger, and I, I just I jumped on it, and I was... Kickstarter was new to me, and I jumped on quite a few projects with a lot of zeal and uh, overdid it, I will say. And that's part of what led to me being burned, because there's too many that that fell through. Um, Although I am proud to say I was a season one uh, backer for for Zombicide. So I got in the very first season for that. Nice. I had some of the promos that uh, that were hard to come by for quite a long time. Oh, wow. Poor TMG. Guess we'll never get that uh, Crusaders expansion, huh? 
Yeah, I, that was a game I was surprised about, the base game. I hadn't seen the expansion for it, but um, yeah, I, I was sad to hear that they were shutting down because I think they made some solid games. Crusader is one of my favorite. Yeah, that's pretty uh, good. That, again, Geekway blew my mind playing right? that game. That's oh where I first goodness. tried it too. Yeah. This is the play to win uh, at Geekway how many years back? Three, four years back? And it was, yeah, it was surprising. 19? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So good. The expansion's listed on BGG. Uh, I don't think we'll ever see it, which is sad. Yeah. So, Unless someone picks up the license for it, maybe, but that might happen. It happened with Minion Games. Rest in peace again. <laughs> but, uh, yep. And then they got the rise of all the uh, small indies that are coming now. So, yep. So, a during your day job, do you play games at lunch with your coworkers? I wish I could, but it's not in the cards for me uh, at the moment. I actually work from home, but even when I was in the office, we didn't have lunches like communal, like "Hey, let's get together and play a game" sort of events at all. So, it wouldn't have worked even if I wanted it to. But I totally would if I could. <laughs> well, it's funny because I started off, like I said doing like a level set we played a lot of clue but a lot of the different versions of clue so we had yeah. like the secrets and spies and the uh i never got the 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 mystery the art one. what was that one called mysterium no the the clue the great art caper oh museum sorry or what. anyway uh we played a couple of the other ones with the black light and the mm-hmm. uh secrets and oh, secrets and spies discover the secrets uh, so we played a lot of different Clue, um, mm-hmm. but that was fun. And then we kind of started stepping out and, you know, more people started showing up. And then then it was like we had the trophy and everybody wanted to come play to win the trophy. <laughs> and now it's like, hey, we play games today. I'm like Thursdays. Remember, we just said it's Thursdays, the game day. If you want to play games any other day, you know where I sit. You know, I've got a drawer full of games. Come get me. We'll play a game. <laughs> But uh, so th- this Thursday, um, I don't know what we're playing. I don't know how many people, how many people are going to be there, but uh, we, we will play for the trophy on uh, Thursday. Nice. Yeah. I, I uh, sorry, I missed you earlier. You were referring to different iterations of Clue there, but uh, that sounds oh, awesome. No. You got a trophy to compete for. Oh, absolutely. It travels around. You can always see who won because whoever right. whoever has it puts it up way up high on their cubes, so everybody can know that person won the the, yeah. the, the trophy. Bragging so, rights. Yeah, abs- right. Yeah. And then sometimes it's a little bit too much trash talking. So we got to, you know, <laughs> guys, it's just a 3D printed trophy. All right. <laughs> so if you did play games at lunch, what would be your go to 60 minute for a lunch hour? What would be your go to game? Oh, I'm not sure I could ever sell on just one. My top probably three if I had to go for them, if, if you could call them 60 minute games would be Sentinels of the Multiverse, because that one is near and dear to my heart. Um, and I think it can play in as quickly as 60 minutes. Um, otherwise, it would be uh, Dead Men Tell No Tales, another cooperative game. That's the the game I love to lo- lose at. Instead of Pandemic, it's Dead Men Tell No Tales, um, which just got reprinted from uh, Renegade. They picked up the license from Minion Games. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a solid one with a pirate theme. Uh, and then... Another one would be Between Two Castles and Matt Can Ludovic. Those three are probably my top three I would play for shorter, you know, under an hour anyway. Yeah, the so. last one was like another one I played at Geekway oh. a couple of years ago. Maybe that was even 19. I don't remember. Yeah. And that one, they have an expansion out for that one now, which lowers the player count to one, I believe, and expands it up to eight. 
So it even Oof. expanded even further than it already was. And again, it, it does change the setup time really because it's a super fast game to set up and yeah. tear down. And, yeah, and I like the mechanic a lot of you know you you score between your two castles, and so it's such a oh, the first couple times playing it, I was completely lost and trying. <laughs> And trying to figure out how it all went together. Yep. And then I'm like, oh, I get it. <laughs> yeah. Had you played Castles before? I had not. And that, I think, made makes a difference. Because a lot of that scoring, a lot of this, the same way mechanisms there are pulled from Castles. And that's one thing I love about it. Is that it has all those different scoring mechanisms. The bonuses you can earn. Um, and I, I do, I'm a, uh, an old hand now at teaching that game. And it's something I love to share with other people. And it it scratches that almost a cooperative and competitive itch for people because I can play it with people who are diehard co-op, sorry, competitive game fans and it's still obviously there has to be a winner in that, in that game. Yeah. Uh, but it feels cooperative most of the game because you have <laughs> to work with your partners on either side yes. uh, to, to play. So, But not too much. Right. Not too much. <laughs> it's finding that balance. You want to maximize your points while only giving them as many points as necessary. Yeah. So... Yeah. No, but Dead Men Tell No Tales. Um, I haven't played that one, but it's Kane Klinko. Um, I like a lot of his games, so to maybe track that down. Yeah, it's it. I would uh, equate it to Flashpoint on steroids. It's your your pirates boarding a burning pirate ship that's modular. So every time you play, the the ship is going to change. You're dealing with the heat levels in each room trying to maintain that so the rooms don't get too hot and explode and maybe became uh, cause the rafts to be impassable. You have to deal with a steady nuisance of these little uh, skeleton crew, little t- tokens that keep popping up through trap doors and keep spreading out, etc. You have to kind of maintain, you know, keep those in check. And you also have to deal with going in and finding the skeleton guards and defeating them so you can you can find the loot and haul the loot out. So you have to deal with a lot of different factors. You also have each pirate has unique player power and you have a fatigue dial. So as you go from room to room, if you move from a cooler room to a hotter room, you take fatigue and it wears you down. It makes it so you can't enter a hot certain, you know, rooms of certain uh, heat levels. So there's a lot going on there and it's it's solid. That sounds amazing. It It is really good. I mean, the artwork to me is just absolutely gorgeous. You've got oh equipment gosh. you can also pull. You can steal from other pirates and, and you know grab it and hey, toss me your cutlass, that sort of thing. Um, it's again, it's the game I love to lose at because I would say I lose probably about half the time, um, maybe more because I've had some uh, by the seat of your pants or skin of your teeth sort of wins so often. I'm like, oh, let's just see what the next card would have been, and it would have would have ruined us, <laughs> decimated. It would have just destroyed us. <laughs> so awesome or so so many win or almost wins we're like we were this close and we almost pulled it off and it just had bad you know bad luck with the card draw but i mean it i mean there's luck for sure but it's so great the way you can try to mitigate and manage it and it's it's a good little puzzly kind of balance of efficiency of trying to you know keep on top of everything while you can might find its way to my shelf of shame shortly. Mm-hmm. You should, <laughs> for sure. Like I said, the fact that Renegade reprinted it, they picked up the license, shows that it's worth being reprinted yeah. and being played. Well, that's what I hope with TMG. Um, 
you know, I like Crusaders. I like Harbor a lot. Such mm-hmm. a great oh, yeah. small game. Oh my goodness, Harbor, so great. I just wish somebody else picks that up. Crusaders, mm-hmm. I hope somebody picks it up and, and releases that expansion because I don't know what it is. I want it. Just I love Crusaders, and every time you play, you play different people. They go about it differently. You have to adapt. Oh, just and I always. <laughs> I always find that with the little rondel system they've got, I'm always off one. I either have too many or mm-hmm. one or, or not, or one too, sh- too few to reach <laughs> the exact <laughs> where I need it to be. Yep. I'm like, dang it. <laughs> yeah. That almost worked. <laughs> yeah. That's, it can be rough sometimes how that works. And the other <laughs> ones that I've, I've loved of theirs are Belfort, which is a one that yep. they had early on. Yokohama was a surprise hit for me. I didn't think I liked that game, but I loved it. And then there was another game I'm struggling to remember the name of. Um, ah, that um, man, it was. Uh, I think it was uh, like an Oregon Trail sort of game. I'm trying to remember what that title was, though. Of course, I'm just blanking. But I'll think of it later. <laughs> they, they, had, they had some really good titles. That some, always happen. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But, Yep. So how about a 30-minute game? You're playing it for lunch, half hour, something you can get down and up. Yeah, I would say the top ones for me would be Magic Maze and The Crew, honestly. Maybe even Wavelength, depending on how long you go and, and what group you're working with. But those would be my top three, I'd say, for 30-minute games. I can never get enough Magic Maze and The Crew. Actually, all three of those games, I just I love them to death. Yeah, Magic, Magic Maze, somebody else has mentioned I haven't played that one yet. Uh, crew, definitely... Crew's great because you can play a hand. Just, you know. Yep. Exactly. Play this one mission with me. Sam, play yeah. this one mission with me. And Magic Maze is great in that it builds. It starts you off with the most basic mechanics. And then you you play that for mission one. And it's kind of like the crew in that you gets progressively more challenging. Uh, but it, it intentionally adds more mechanics as you play later missions. So it makes it more challenging as you go. But it also gives you some boons as well later on. Um, it's, it's great. And it, again, scales really well up to eight players. So it's quite challenging. Although if you don't like chaotic real time games, it's not going to be for you, (laughs) but it is a good one. And it plays so quickly too, Mm. on top of that. Um, actually one other one that I thought of would be, um, Ubongo one that not a lot of people have heard of or played, but it's a great little, uh, polyomino puzzly game that is super fast to play as well. Nice. No, chaotic real time. Uh, did you ever play Kane Clanko's uh, pandemic rapid response? I have not played that one yet. I'd like to try it for sure. <laughs> that is the definition of chaotic real time. It is. Oh, yeah. The whole game, I think, plays like 24 minutes is the most it could possibly go. Nice. Because you can only flip the three minute timer, yeah. you know, eight times. So that's mm-hmm. it. So. 24 minutes, you've either won the game or you've lost. And yep. <laughs> it's crazy. Have you played Stay Cool or Space Alert? I So Stay Cool, I have. Space Alert, I have not. But oh. Stay Cool, oh my gosh. Right. You said I, flipping the timer. It made me think oh, of that but one. Yeah. yeah. Did you, uh, uh, flip it. Flip it. Yeah. Yeah. Flip yeah. it now. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's too early. Wait, what, what were you asking me? I'm sorry. Right. What was the question? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Space Alert is super chaotic you're you're cooperating on it you just your little cadets on a spaceship you just got launched out into space and you're immediately getting attacked 
you have to go, <laughs> you have to program what your character is doing. If you do it in the wrong order, then it's going to resolve. Like, for example, you have to move up, down, left, or right, or push A or B or things like that. And that sounds really simple until you factor in the fact that if the person in engineering doesn't send energy to the ray gun or the weapons, the person might be pushing the button up above there trying to fire the ray gun and it doesn't go off because it doesn't have any energy. So you have to have all these things in the right order. Otherwise, you're just, you know, run around like chickens with their heads cut off, accomplishing nothing. It's chaotic. <laughs> it's good. And it's it's so much fun. Um, that one sounds awesome. Oh yeah. It's an oldie, but it's a goodie for sure. From CGE, it's uh, it's quite fun, and it has a little soundtrack that a computer that tells you what's going on, the different incoming intruders, aliens, and they're you know <laughs> coming different lanes, things like that. My awesome. favorite is when you you know you program and, the, and you program it all in real time, and then you resolve it all. You say what happens as a result of everyone's programming. You're like, okay, well, Bob just ran into the bulkhead three times because he went left three times in a row instead of doing something productive. So good job, Bob. <laughs> Way to go, buddy. Right. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Yeah. So I, I love those real-time games like that. Oh. Also, Sonar and um, Fuse, oh. all those real-time games. I really enjoy them a lot. Yeah, Sonar, we, Captain Sonar. Yeah, we mm-hmm. play those a lot. Um, I'm, I find I'm either dead on it or I have no clue what's going on. <laughs> I, and it's like I can play, and I play the same group all the time, so... And they all know, like, man, I don't know, was Adam actually going to be any worthy tonight? And I'm like, I have no idea, man. What to just sit down and see, <laughs> sit down and right? see what happens? Because yep. some games I'm on it, and other games I'm like, I don't know, man. They could be over here, or they could be like, you know, you know, clear. They could be behind us. I don't, I don't even know. Then, then they launched torpedo and hit us. I'm like, yeah, they were behind us. Eh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's always good to see how that works out. So how about a hidden gem, a game you don't think gets enough attention? Oh, I have a good one for this one. I Uh-oh. it did take me long to think of this, and this is a game <laughs> you would be hard pressed to find anywhere. It is called Thunder Hamsters in the Temple of Cheese. This game is designed by just an individual that would self-publish, and I'm I don't mean like he would send it off to Game Crafter and get it published. I'm talking he would hand make the boxes. He would glue it all together himself and all that. So the components are not fantastic, but the <laughs> gameplay, it, it lasts long. It's about the length of an RPG game for like a one shot, like four hours, roughly four to five hours. But it is just epic levels of chaos and fun because it actually has some RPG elements. You're playing as these hamsters going into this temple of cheese, trying to find the big wheels <laughs> of cheese. And it's semi-cooperative. Uh, then though you are one person's going to win because they're going to have the most cheese or whatever. Right. So it sounds stupidly simple, but you're going in as you encounter things, whether it be a rat guard or it be the wheel of doom or just a cheese wheel or whatever you're trying to get out. You have to tell a story about how you accomplish X, Y, Z task. And then you point to another player and they have to judge your story, give your rating, which is the difficulty level for your dice roll. Now, it doesn't stop there. People have a n- number of coins they can chip in to modify your story. And then they get have their story judged. So it just gets, it just, I mean, it just snowballs from the simplest little stories to, oh yeah, now there's a magic flying carpet and then there's magic this and that and whatever else going on. It's just chaos. It's fun, but it's chaotic. Um, and then, I, I, I kid you not, there are P tokens. There are 
little yellow tokens for Pete, which I don't uh, subscribe a lot to potty humor, but quite frankly, it just adds another level of humor. It's just nonstop laughter around that table whenever I run that game. So, so how did you come across this game? Ah, uh, that was um, a designer was playtesting it at Origins. I think I went to Origins three years in a row, and I forget it was the, if it was the second or third year. But I signed up for his playtest, and I tried it, and I fell in love with it. And I have the literally the first ever produced copy of that game. And I don't know how many he ever produced because, again, he was hand-making them and he was a very small publisher to begin with. Um, but I actually also created the board game entry, the BGG entry for that game because I fell in love with it. And everyone I, I play with just loves it. They, they fall in love with it because it's fantastic. It's fun. Um, it is lengthy, but it's worth it. And everyone just walks away with huge smiles on their faces and just memories. Um, so I, I encountered it origins and contacted him. It's like, I have to have this game. So I reached out to him and he got me the first ever signed copy of the, of the game. So that's amazing. Yeah. And it's, it's just phenomenal. And I haven't played it in probably several years now, but I used to run it consistently at CantCon and I just miss it now. Now that I, you, you said that, asked me that question immediately popped in my head and now I'm nostalgic for it all over again. There you go. That's how you know it's a good game. So in that game, are there colors? Are there colors? As yeah, far as like, like, are you, like, are you a certain color? You're a certain hamster. Each hamster is themed. Like there's a pirate ha- hamster and a ninja hamster and a princess hamster and a Viking hamster. Uh, so you don't have pawns. <laughs> you have little wooden pieces with the decals <laughs> put on them with the different hamster, you know, their artwork, for example. So there's little tiles for each of different things. There's lava pits, I think there is, and other sorts of traps and, and things that, of that nature. So if there were colors, what color would you gravitate towards in a game? Oh, I definitely would go for blue. That's my blue. diehard color of choice. If I can't have blue, it's going to be green, then black in that order. Beyond that, I don't care. <laughs> it's It's got to be one of those three, or I'm, I'll just accept whatever's left. But uh, blue is far and away my color of preference. Nice. No, it, it's so funny to me how people either jump right on it. Like, oh, it's this color. Or people are, you know, like, oh, you know, whatever. But most people <laughs> yeah. are like, oh, no, it's like you blue. It's blue. Yeah, it's there's no question. It's blue. You know, I'm, I'm glad that Board Game Marine allows us to choose those preferences. Because, yeah, it's for me, it makes a difference. You know, when I'm not blue, it confuses me. When someone else is blue, it um, throws me off because I'm always trying to move their pawn or their scoring mark or whatever for myself you know when i play my turns i'm like oh no oops sorry that's not me they're this like, time yeah like um can you can you put my piece back where it was like, oh, oh yeah, yeah sorry yeah, i don't i don't want to give you points i'll, I'll give myself points up and make sure i correct that mistake <laughs> sorry about that sorry about that right yeah i i you know i, I play red mostly or orange and mm-hmm. then maybe black if i'm one if i'm not one of those three i am struggling to keep track of who i am on this game yeah <laughs> <laughs> i understand that and i'm like man like the, the worst one ever was playing ticket to ride and i thought i had every card i needed to connect my routes and i was i was yellow that game and uh, had all the oh, cards no. for black so oh it's like oh well whoops <sighs> i guess i'll not be winning this game <laughs> <laughs> So the last major question is how do you pronounce Klaus Teuber's game, the settlers of Catan. 
It has yep. to be Catan. I, I, I was going to answer that with, with uh, correctly, you know. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, so many people pronounce it the other way. But honestly, I've pronounced it both ways. I'm not a diehard. I'm going to correct someone if they pronounce it one way or the other. But Catan is how I usually pronounce it. Uh, but I've caught myself saying Catan as well. So, See, I I don't think I would even mistakenly say Catan. I, yeah. I, it doesn't even doesn't even cross my <laughs> my my mind to say it incorrectly. My son will say Catan just because he knows I don't like he knows it's Catan, so he says Catan. Yeah. Um a couple of my friends say Catan. Yeah. Just but and I think know. I think for me, because that was one of the first games I ever played when I got into the hobby I, at Origins, I played a massive copy of Catan. See, I did it right there. there and did. I think that's what happened is I had it stuck on my head. I saw the event and thought it was pronounced Catan. And I think somebody even pronounced it like that at the event. So it's like in my head as both. So it doesn't bother me either way <laughs> when I hear it one or the other. But uh, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I can hear it. And I'm like, mm, I know you're wrong, but I'll be, I'll be nice. <laughs> right. <laughs> I won't correct you this time. There's no this reason time. to start a fight over that. I'll just exactly. be nice about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that game was the game that brought me back um, into the industry, kind of exposed me to the hobby mm-hmm. side of the, the gaming industry. Um, nice. And, and uh, I actually just taught my son how to play. Uh, he was been wanting to learn. We watch a lot of uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender, and <laughs> yeah. I found uh, Catan pieces for the four different uh, houses. So you have the Air Temple, the Earth Temple, the Fire Temple, and the uh, Water Temple. And so those are the pieces that we use when playing Catan. Because he's like, "I want to play Catan." I'm like, "Is it because we have the?" <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Is it because we have these pieces? He's like, "Yeah." So. Uh, I taught him how to play over the weekend. Well, we played a lot of Catan Jr. Uh, with him growing up, mm-hmm. and you know, and I, that does a good job of teaching yeah. a lot of the mechanics of it. And there's not a lot of interaction between players, but you have the option of buying the the Coco Parrot instead of the dev, you know, the Dev card, and you can't trade with each other, but you can trade with the market. And you know, I I like it. I play it. Um, we'll play it every now and then. I'll get my friends over, and we'll, we'll bust out Catan Jr. and and play a very cutthroat <laughs> version of you see you know it's like when i we took uh rhino hero super battle the hobby game mm-hmm. took it to work i worked with a bunch of engineers and we almost ran out of floors and walls because <laughs> we were i mean it was insane the the size of this building it was all of us you know dads you know oh yeah and you know we're all there like painstakingly putting down our walls and laying mm-hmm. the floor down and yep. then rolling the die to see how far up or down we go. And that, Oh game, my gosh. It, to me, that game just broke Jenga. Like, why would you play Jenga when you can play <laughs> Rhino Hero? Although I have to say, when I first played that game, it hurt me inside that you have to bend the cards to create the walls. I was like, no, I know they're designed for that. I know that in my, my heart. <laughs> I know it. But it still hurts every time I see it and have to start with a fresh copy that doesn't have any bent cards. But uh, yeah, no, it's I, it's a I fantastic game. I can see that. But yeah. yeah, oh my goodness, we we played that one a lot. But then we brought in Super Battle, and I'm mm-hmm. telling you, I mean, we had a whole game. So was that four people, five people? Yeah. I don't know. We had as many players as it could possibly take, and we had it on the conference room table, and it was 
it was huge and you know they're being all creative and setting like the wall like a short wall in between two mm-hmm. tall walls and the then they put the floor just across the middle of it and it's like what are you doing man <laughs> and it's just like hovering between them and oh man it was it was crazy yep it's always fun when you play the games meant for kids with a, nothing but adults and <laughs> but they're so approachable that's what makes that game great because you don't have to be a kid to enjoy it. You can be an adult and enjoy it just as much or sometimes more so because you have more refined motor skills to be able to do that at a greater skill level than a, a kid would necessarily. So No, I, absolutely. There, yeah. There's no doubt. You know, you play with the kids and they're going to bump it. When you play yep. with a bunch of adults, you bump it, man, you're going to, mm-hmm. someone's going to punch you. So you're, you're real careful about setting those walls and floors. I have to ask, have you played Lift It? Lift It? Oh, no. Yes. So this is a game where if you can imagine three-dimensional geometric pieces, you got your sphere, you've got your rectangular, your effectively your cube, et cetera, and they have holes in them like a wiffle ball, okay? So you okay. imagine those pieces and imagine you have a little crane, little handheld crane, okay? So you've got this little yellow piece you're holding that has a little string hanging down from with a hook at the end. And so you have to, in some challenges, you are lucky to be able to just use the crane with your hand to build these configurations of the geometric shapes by lifting them in place into place with the crane. Again, with your hand, it's pretty easy, but then they up the, up the difficulty because by some of the challenges, you have to use your head. You have a Velcro strap that goes around your forehead and you attach the crane to your forehead (laughs) with that strap and you have to use your head. You're moving around your your head to lift these pieces into shape. And it's timed, of course. So why wouldn't it be? Right. And then on top of that, there are cooperative ones where you have to share the hook with another character, another player, where you have both your, your head cranes are connected and you, to a single hook, and you have to work together to try to build the shape in a limited amount of time oh. with the other player. So, oh my god, I'm not sure if it's still in print, but it was a USAopoly or OP now uh, production, the I op. believe. The op, and uh, it uh, <laughs> it's a great little game. It's oh. I would say one of the ones I would recommend for a raucous group of people, especially if you're drinking. You know, oh, it's yeah. one of those things that people already have to be careful with what they're doing in that game or you're not going to be successful and on top of that you're timed you know you get the idea so oh yeah would it's you ever fun. play team three yeah oh i love team three yeah. i love it that's another go-to one for me for a quick game yeah and uh that and just one but that just one's a little longer but yeah team three is phenomenal i have both both copies pink and green i never got game. my pink copy yeah, only, I still play the, 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 the mini game, but I, I always default to the green copy with those black cards using as yep. like the intro level ones to teach people. And I've actually used that as a team builder for when I do travel to show my different teams. And we actually use that just one in Wavelength are my go to team builder games. I so. can see that. Yep. I can see that. Yeah. Team three is a good one where you're, you know, playing like somebody can talk, somebody can mm-hmm. <laughs> hand gesture, and somebody's blind. Yep. <laughs> It's a great little game. Oh, man. Uh, well, Nick, I'd like to thank you for being on my show today. I've had a great time talking with you. I cannot wait to get out to CanCon. Um, well, what is that, about six weeks away, seven weeks away from now? Yeah, about that. It's in July, so uh, you got a month and a half in change there. So, yeah. And tickets still available to get in? Yes, and they'll be available at the door as well. There you go. So it's CanCon with a K. Mm-hmm. 
C O get it K C Cancom <laughs> right okay. yeah mm-hmm. and yeah there's a backstory there as to why it's the negative instead of the positive instead of being CanCon it's it's K A N T C O N so <laughs> I guess I never looked at it that way <laughs> it's yeah. like why why can't I go to the con because um, the original founder could not go to GinCon that year so oh the very first God. year his can't con his inability to go to GinCon is what created CanCon and we've we've kept it. That's amazing. Yep. That's amazing. That's what well, I, look for- <laughs> I look forward to coming out there, uh, meeting you on purpose this time. <laughs> and right. uh, we'll, we'll find some weird off the wall games uh, from your shelf of shame that we need to get some playing in. Sounds perfect. I look forward to seeing you there. It was been, it's been a pleasure to be on here with you and I appreciate uh, uh, or look forward to seeing you at CanCon. So. All right. If you want me to reach out to you, Nick, how can they do that? Uh, we have a website at cantcon.com. Um, and you can also reach out to me on Facebook. If you want to get in touch with me directly, just Nick Seal on Facebook. All right. And as usual, you can reach me at elunchandboardgame.com, facebook.com slash groups slash elunchandboardgame, and email me at elunchandboardgame at gmail.com. And remember, board games build they do stay in tune with all things sports around indiana and the nation with the crash course podcast each week we tackle the big storylines from the world of the colts pacers and the indiana college scene while also keeping a pulse on the nation we record live weekly at twitch.tv slash 3c media and can be found on youtube apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify wherever podcasts can be heard you can catch the crash course podcast when you're gaming why not be comfy Go over to supportplayer.org. Click on the cards, pieces, and dice to get some merch. These t-shirts are some of the most comfortable I have ever worn. That's supportplayer.org, and there's a link on eatlunchandboardgame.com.